An ambulance screeched through the swirling fog of 18th and Castro streets, crossroads of gay America for generations of gay men and lesbians, queers, fags, dykes, clones, cross-dressers, snappy dressers, and all sorts of misfits in search of a place to fit in. The sounds of sirens in San Francisco were as common as the cries of seagulls along the city's waterfront. The fire department was on the job whenever a cat climbed a tree, but this time the loudest wails came from police cars. An officer was down. Bertie Fuller opened one eye at a time. She was on the floor just inside the doorway of Cliff's variety store. Her vision swam into focus and landed on a rack of children's books spinning above her face. Pain made her glance down and notice the blood staining the carpet below her left foot. Don't try to move. The ambulance is almost here. You're going to be fine said George Travaris, her new partner on the beat. Bertie had asked to be assigned to another lesbian, but ended up with George, a rookie who filled out his uniform better than most, according to the guys in the Castro. Many of them swooned at the sight of him, and some even gave up their places in line outside the Badlands on a busy night to follow him when he and Bertie walked by on their way down 18th Street. George enjoyed the attention and sometimes gave the lucky ones a special business card. Officer George Travaris plus an email address and phone number printed in silver ink to match the six-pointed star that took up half the card. Bertie scoffed the first time she saw it and told him it looked like a cartoon sheriff's badge. Never mind me, but you're bleeding, Bertie. You must have taken a bullet to bleed like that. Where did the robbers go? Was anyone else hurt? Stay calm. Don't try to talk. You let them get away, didn't you, George? I was busy cuffing the pickpocket. He came off the escalator at the Muni station, ran across the middle of the street, and tried to blend in with the crowd outside the Castro Theater. He had eight wallets in the lining of his coat. Nobody wears a coat like that in San Francisco. He's in the back of the squad car now. Did you get a good look at who shot you? Nah, there were two of them, and they both had their faces covered. Ski masks? More like nylon stockings. Dark ones. She felt a scream building. Shit, I can't believe you let them get away! The EMTs had arrived, and Bertie moaned as they lifted her into the ambulance. But at least I nailed the pickpocket, Bertie. A half hour later in a block south on Castro Street, Tim Snow served drinks to his first table of the evening at Art's Restaurant. He'd slept past noon today, yet he still had a hangover. The smell of food left him nauseated. Artie and Phil were performing out of town again this weekend, so a fill-in was playing the piano. An unsmiling young blonde woman... Arturo had made some kind of an arrangement with the music academy, but most of these students they sent had never set foot inside a gay bar before, and they didn't know what to make of drunks requesting show tunes. Tim's Aunt Ruth had cut back to working Sunday brunches, and then only rarely, so Scott was alone behind the bar tonight. Hey Tim, did you hear all those sirens on the street earlier? I wonder what happened. Yeah, my customers were just telling me that Cliffs got held up by a couple of armed robbers. Wow, that's the second one this week. They robbed Catch the other night at the end of the dinner shift. Most of the meals went on credit cards, but the bartenders had a lot of cash in the registers. I wonder if it was the same robbers. Could be. Two guys with their faces covered. Gloves, too, so no fingerprints anywhere. Tim would rather stand around and dish the dirt with Scott tonight than wait on tables, but a group of six preppy-looking guys bustled in all the while, giggling and chattering an octave too high for Tim's taste. Hey, Jake, these guys must be your birthday party of six. Tim smirked at the other waiter. They requested you, according to the reservation. I don't recognize any of them. I should have known with a name like Bip. They'd be the skirt and sweater crowd. You better be on your toes. Bip might be a trust fund heiress. Tim let the S's hiss through the air above the sound of the student pianist plucking out Fool on the Hill. Sure hope so, 
Jake took the stack of six menus Tim handed him on his way to greet his customers. And I hope whoever's picking up the check is on a fat expense account.